Welcome to episode nine of Spheres of Influence, the podcast where we talk about those important spheres in our lives, religion, politics, and culture. My name is Dennis Sanders, and I am your host. Uh, For those of you who are Christians, um, happy Easter. This is... um, this is the episode I've been kind of trying to um, promise people, um, all of three of you who are listening, um, I was going to talk about, and um, so I decided I was going to do that now. It's talking about being a pastor um, in the midst of the pandemic, um, or as I like to say, being a pastor during the apocalypse. Um, I am going to be getting my second dose of the COVID vaccine this week. Um, I got my first do- dose about three weeks ago. I got a Pfizer shot. Um, I am, even though I know I'm, I'm partially vaccinated, uh, my husband is, uh, my mother is fully vaccinated, um, I'm still social distancing. I'm still wearing a mask. Um, But the thing is, it's hard not to feel that maybe this pandemic is starting to end. Now, it's really not over. Um, We are seeing some of the variants that have been um, running around, especially the one that originated in the U.K., um, have been making themselves known, and there is some concern that there might be a, a fourth wave. Um, for example, my home state of Michigan is seeing a lot of upticks, um, kind of a list of, of, of um, cities that are being hit really bad, or top 10 or so. The majority are Michigan cities. Um, so we're not totally out of it yet. But it seems like we're moving forward in some way. Um, March Madness, which was canceled last year, is back on. Um, It seems, you know, certain events that weren't able to take place are being able to take place. There are still some that aren't taking place. Um, But even though we are, I mean, this is, we're in this period now where it seems like we're, at least at the beginning of the end of the pandemic. Um, I have had a chance to see in some ways how this was a truly um, apocalyptic event. Now, when I say apocalyptic, I am not talking about the end of the world. So, however... If you lived in New York City during the early days, last year of the pandemic, or if you have read, um, and I would suggest you read, a very um, moving and shocking story in the New York Times about what is going on in um, Brazil, and especially in the city of of, um, Manaus, Brazil. Manaus is in the um, Amazon, and they can feel very apocalyptic, like the end of the world is happening. No, I mean, apocalyptic actually has 
a meaning that we that it is not the meaning that we think it is. Apocalypse actually comes from a Greek word, apocalypsis. And what that word means is uncovering. So when I talk about the pandemic as is an apocalypse, what I mean is, is that it was a revealing moment. It reveals things that might have been hidden before. Um, and I think that for many pastors, that has been the case over the past year. There are things that would happen in the, the life of the church that were hidden for many years that are now out in the open. Um, and those things came very clear. But there was also some surprises that happened. And I mean surprises in the good sense. Um, and I think overall, through all of this, I have learned some things about myself as a minister um, and about society in general and the role of church in society. And I don't think I'm the only one, the only pastor that feels this way. There are many pastors that have felt this way. Um, we have all learned a lot, and all of what has happened to us over the past year um, are things that will affect us. So these are kind of, I want to start kind of ticking down the things that you look at um, during that time, but I kind of want to provide some backstory. Um, in March of 2020, this is kind of when we started to hear um, the news that it was really spreading. Um, like a lot of pastors, it was in the middle of Lent. We had plans to, to, to throughout Lent, we were going to be collecting peanut butter that we were going to give to um, our local food shelves. Um, we had planned, we are, were doing these kind of music nights and we're planning for the next event. We had had a successful beginning in February and we're looking forward to doing that again in, in March. And, and so, um, and we were probably at that point starting to think about what our Holy Week services were going to be like in Easter. And then all of a sudden, things just went crazy. Um, the day that everyone thinks and looks back as when everything changed was March 11th of 2020. That was a day that everything seemed to be shutting down. Schools, universities were shutting down. Um, with lots of festivals, lots of things were, were happening. Everything stopped. Um, it was a day that we heard uh, President Trump going on air, um, speaking to the nation, um, as usual, not really providing words of reassurance or hope. Um, it was also the day that we found out that there were some players in the NBA that had, had tested positive for COVID. Um, and shortly thereafter, the NBA basically shut down the season. Um, and of course, it was the day that we found out um, that Tom Hanks and his wife had contracted COVID. I remember that evening, as all of this was happening, um, we were having our Bible study. Um, we have, have it, have had it for many years, every Wednesday. It's been a great event, and especially recently, we had had a good series that had um, given us a lot to think about. 
And so we were trying to figure out how are we going to have worship. And, you know, we were, of course, had we were going to have hand sanitizers all over the place. And we were going to try to social distance and not do the passing of the peace and not do um, the um, refreshments afterward. So we thought that we had something down that maybe that we were going to be ready for, for Sunday. And probably within 24 hours, things were moving faster. And you started to see other churches were stopping worship um, for their Sunday. And so um, we ended up not having worship. And I remember putting up something that, you know, it would be for a few weeks. Um, We had no idea how many weeks that meant. Um, And that kind of threw us into all of these things that we didn't plan. Um, You know, one of the things that you learn through this experience is how much so many pastors, including myself, were frustrated. Um, because as pastor, all of a sudden you were, and especially when you're the pastor of a small congregation, um, like I am, you already wear a lot of hats and during the pandemic, you're wearing a few more. Um, one of those was being the video producer. Um, I'm thankful because I have a background in journalism, um, and communications. So I know some my way around editing, um, video and audio, um, but that, that skill of knowing, having that knowledge and um, being someone that's aware of um, search engine optimization and analytics, all of that can, can really, all of that background, it comes at a cost. So it was always hard when you would hear other pastors say, something to the effect of, you know, we're getting more people watching our videos than we ever did before. And um, you feel a bit envious, and then you feel a bit ashamed that you feel envious. And you're starting to wonder, why is it that your numbers aren't ticking up? And that would happen. There were times that, you know, I would spend hours on a Saturday um, trying to put together a video and, you know, sometimes the counts initially were five or six or seven, and it was frustrating. Um, and so, you know, you would have to go and try to remind staff and members, you know, like the video, share it with others. And, and it felt hard to try to do that all the time. Um, and, of course, when you're, again, in a small church, not everyone's looking at you. And so then you wonder if you're doing something wrong. And um, and you kind of know that you're not, that you're trying the best that you can with what you have. But again, you look at those analytics on YouTube, and it's hard not to wonder um, what you're doing wrong. Um, during this time, it's really hard, really learning how lonely you can be as a pastor. And and that's something actually that comes with the territory, even in, the, in good times. Um, but during the pandemic, it became really clear, crystal clear um, 
we don't really do a good job of checking in on each other as pastors. Um, sometimes you want to have feedback. Um, how am I doing? Am I reaching out to people well? Am I doing what I can? Um, is the preaching clear? Um, what needs to be done? Um, and you don't hear that. And sometimes you're asking for people's opinions or you're asking for assistance via email and um, you get silence. And it feels like you're trying to do ministry and you worry and fear that all of your actions are just kind of going out into the ether. Um, it's just kind of vanishing. Now, I don't say this to blame anyone. Um, I don't think any of this is intentional. Um, but I think it leads to the kind of that other thing of virtual um, anything is always going to be hard. It, it can be done. And I think, you know, for example, we, I think we will continue some form of, um, of a video ministry. But it's also hard to be a community um, in a virtual way because, um, of course, people aren't close. Um, and that can be isolating. It can be isolating for a pastor. But I also think it can be isolating as a member because you don't see your friends anymore. Um, and there's only, you know, you have to kind of learn how to to try to hang it out when you're alone and and try to maybe do things like meeting on Zoom, but it's not always the same. I think the second thing that I learned was that it is hard to maintain community and community becomes much more intentional. Um, as people are separated by a computer screen, it becomes easier to not be as involved. Um, jobs that people did in the church when we were together just don't get done. Um, it was just hard to shift that or try to do the same thing as church in this different way because people weren't at the build, church building. Things just didn't get done. Um, I think, though, into that moment, what has been helpful is our people in, in my community, especially, that felt that it, there was important that we have times to get together. Um, and I think that that was, this is very much um, something that I am thankful for. Um, one member suggested that we create something for um, um, just after worship, after our worship service where we can meet with each other and maybe conclude with prayer. Um, so I'm happy I'm happy we did that. I think it was, it's been important for the people. Um, it's been interesting because one of our, our um, two of our members um, right now aren't able to worship in person, um, even outdoors. And, you know, they were even questioning, you know, are we still going to have, you know, something after worship? Um, this was important to them. This was a way of connecting. I think that there were some other ways that I thought were um, fascinating. There was a member that went and visited 
um, one of our longtime members, um, who is now um, shut in. They that he that person has been was dealing with dementia, um, and has since moved into a, a memory care unit. But um, being very careful, social distancing, wearing masks. Um, one of my members went and visited um, this gentleman, and I think that that was helpful to him. Um, she also visited one of our members who unfortunately came down with COVID, um, just checking in to see how this member was doing, um, sending some material that I had created um, for them, for her, for people to do. Um, that was helpful to maintain that linkage. And then there was um, a case of um, a member who helped my own mother, who is a member um, and doesn't have um, a computer and doesn't have internet at her um, at her place. And so that was always difficult, but this person would call up and basically put the her phone to the computer as the service was going. Um, we always recorded our services in advance. And so they, that my mother was able to hear it and was able to be connected. So I think, you know, the importance of trying to maintain and to be together mattered. And I'm thankful for people in the congregation that um, said something and and did something to maintain our community together. One of the things, and I probably I will go into this more um, in the future, in the future podcasts, is I've learned that the church, in some ways, isn't necessary, and yet it is necessary. Let me explain. In hearing from other pastors and just kind of talking, you know, um, the time away gave members of a congregation the impression that they could just check out. Um, and it didn't help, help early on, I think, people were saying, you know, what is essential, what is not essential. And the media and health professionals were talking about different things and um, of course, it made sense. They wanted to stop in-person gatherings. And of course, one of the largest in-person gatherings is a church. And so people were saying that the church was not an essential function. And that is that makes sense. That is you it isn't. Um, it's you know, that has actually been a fight and um but it was kind of in, interesting in the way it was said. I think maybe the way it, it came across was that um, spiritual matters are optional. And in not really trying to say that they, we suggest that you meet in a different way or something, I think it kind of said that church is not and, and, and religion aren't necessary. And so it gave people permission to play hooky. Um, you know, as some people have said, maybe there is something that good that came out of that because the pandemic 
allowed people an excuse to just leave the church that they were going to leave at some point. This gave them an entry, a, a, a chance to leave. So that makes sense, but there is still a lot of sadness how that was revealed. I think um, the other thing is I feel like as a congregation we missed opportunities. Um, some of the larger congregations in, in the Twin Cities they were very active. And, and again, talking with pastors from around the, across the country, um, a lot of the larger churches were still very active. They did mission projects, um, socially distanced. They did a lot of things to try to keep the church going. Um, I think that that might have been more difficult for small churches. And especially, I know it was hard for um, my church, Um Part of it is that we have older members, so they didn't want to um, risk it. The other is that people were coming from far longer distances. And so people didn't do as much when it came to mission, active mission. But I also feel like in some ways we um, missed an opportunity Um my congregation, is, again, it's a small congregation. It is not well known in the community. I don't think many people know that we exist. Um, and not that this would necessarily, I don't want to say this to make it sound like if we did this, all these more people would join. But, um, you know, we had an opportunity to serve people in need. Um, and we did some things, but we didn't. Um, there just wasn't kind of that burning desire to do things and um, made me wonder about that. Um, made me, it made me wonder why we did, why that happened. And again, maybe there are reasons. And um, while we may have missed an opportunity, we have opportunities coming up as churches open back up or church buildings, I should say, open back up. The other thing that you learn through this process is um, if there are people who the pandemic gave an excuse to leave, this was also a time when churches kind of hit the breaking point. Um, I noticed, and if noticed or not, and in fact, I noticed um, in reading this kind of caused a lot of churches to close. Um, we're just reading a few days ago, um, two congregations in my denomination in, in Texas um, decided Easter was going to be the day they closed. And I'm always sad when I hear that. Um, I know people always talk about churches don't last forever, churches close. But I'm still always never comfortable about that. And of course, it makes me think about um, the congregation that I serve. We haven't closed, but this was a revealing moment. Are we strong enough to survive? 
Um, can we continue? In some ways, I think we can, because there is, there was somehow we kept going. But in other ways, I don't know. I am not um, going to say we are closing, but I'm not going to say that we are going to be open forever. I don't know. Um, all I can do is pray and see where God leads this community. I always like to say it, I don't believe that God is done with this community, that God, but I don't know. Is God done? Does and that not saying that God is angry at us, but maybe it's time to move forward. I don't know. All I can do is to pray, pray for our members, and pray that God leads us and to see what happens. So those are some of the things that I've seen happen over the last few months um, as a pastor during a pandemic. Um, it's been a draining 12 months. Um, you would think not meeting in person would be not would be um, not as bad as actually. Um, meeting in person, but it took a lot out of me. It took a lot to try to create these worship services. Um, it was hard to sometimes preach um, to an empty room. And um, it's it has been a hard few months. And as I said, um, what has this revealed about the congregation? What has it revealed about me? Um, is it something I still believe I am still called to ministry? Um, but I don't know what will happen. I think one of the things that is important that I've learned from this experience is um the necessity of church, the necessity of community. Um, as many of you know, this past week, um, Gallup released a poll about um, people who belonged to a religious community and how that has basically plummeted since the um, beginning of the, of the century. And... I think we live in a society now where we are much more and more atomized. And the pandemic did make us feel atomized in many ways. But I also saw opportunities and people who came together to continue to create community. And that there is still a need for people to come together for people to listen to one another, for people to have someone pray for them. Um, there is that need. And I hope, and I want to hope that this experience helps us to maybe re-knit some of the things, some of the, of what we have lost um, 
in our society. And I'm not just talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about things that have gone on over the last um, 20, 30 years that has made us more of an atomized society. Um, And I will be talking more about this in a future episode because it's important. But I think even though there were a lot of frustrations for me during this period, I am thankful for the people in um, my community who continuously put things together. Um, I'm thankful for our musicians that also had to learn to be video producers and try to put things together and try to learn how to be creative when you had to try to do it through, um, through video. Um, and I am uh, thankful for our, for treasurers and for our, um, um, church board, um, moderator who worked on various issues, whether it was dealing with finances or property and all of that. Um, it reminds me again about the importance of community and the importance of relying on one another and on relying on God. So that is my um, COVID-19 pandemic story as a pastor. But I am curious to know what other people's stories are. Um, I know that I am not the only pastor out there that has gone through this experience. And so if you are a minister, um, whether it is as a pastor or as a rabbi or an imam or what other kind of spiritual leader, I'd love to hear how did you, what did you learn from your time during this pandemic? How did your community continue? Um, And what do you think the future is going to be? If you uh, can and can write that up in a email and send it to me at denmen at gmail.com. It's in the email address is in the show notes. Um, so it's D-E-N as in a den, a room in a house, and then M-I-N-N, which is Minnesota abbreviated. It's all one word at gmail.com. And again, um, if you are a religious leader, I would love to hear from you and um, if you can send an email and who knows, I'm hoping that in a future episode, I can have a few of those people who sent emails uh, to interview them um, on the podcast. Um, you can kind of think of this as part one of a two part episode. And so I've shared my story, but I want to hear your story. Um, there are lots of stories out there. And I think that there's a lot of lessons to be learned from this experience. So thank you again for um, taking part in this episode of Spheres of Influence. If um, One thing that I would suggest if you're listening to us on um, whatever platform you're, you're on, um, that you would uh, leave a review or a rating. Both of those are helpful to me. 
Um, it's also helpful to see, um, basically it, it's helpful for the podcast to be seen, um, when people react, um, to a podcast. So if you can do that, that would be helpful. And also feel free to share this episode with someone who might want to hear it, um, Again, we talk about a lot of different issues. If there is an issue that you would like to hear or maybe you're interested in, um, again, send me a line. Uh, you can send it via email, and we will uh, we'll look into it. So that is the um, that ends the ninth episode of Spheres of Influence. I will talk to you very soon. Have a good week. Take care and Godspeed.